Praise the Lord, everybody. And for the record, I stapled my papers together today. Are you all proud of me? So I try to hand out as many as I could before church, but I do know that a few of you came and don't have it. Brother Casey has the Bible study. If you need one, please raise your hand really hard. I mean, high, not hard. I don't know why I said hard. Hard and high, I guess. <laughs> I guess this is soft and this is hard. So just raise that hand up. And Brother Casey will bring you one. And we might have to share. Couples might have to share if we run out, but I don't think we will. This is from an actual Bible study. Um, it's called The Bible Made Simple. Um, it was written by an apostolic minister. He's out of the POA church in Alexandria. And this is the very first study of that that I thought would be great for us um, to go over. It's about the Word of God. So... Before we start, I'm going to ask my husband to pray. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege of your presence and your word. It's quick and powerful. We believe for it to do that today. I pray for our hearts, the willingness to be receptive and then responsive in Jesus' name and you know. So as we all know, um, it comes up every service, but we're living in times when the world's just getting crazier and crazier. Um, there's enormous problems marital, financial, emotional, so many more to name. But we have something that can provide help and give us the answers that we need. And the question is, where do we find this help? The best place we can look is into the Word of God. There is a deep desire and thirst within every one of us that can only be satisfied by Christ. And I heard someone say this one time, and it just makes, it's perfectly clear when you just say it so simple. But God gave all of us an, a place in our, in our life, our heart, our soul, that only he can fill. We can try to fill it with everything else, and you will still be left unsatisfied. John 4, 14 says, But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him. A well of water springing up into everlasting life. The Bible gives us hope for life. And it's not life that will wither and die. I'm not talking about it. it it's, it's an unbelievable everlasting life that we have that hope. And it, it also says in the scriptures that he came to give us life and life more abundantly. And I've said this to people. And it doesn't mean that you're not going to go through really hard, horrible times. But he does want you not to just survive. There's going to be seasons where that's what you feel like. You're barely getting by. Hold on to him and, that, and he will give you hope. And he will make it where you don't feel like you're just barely surviving with whatever you're facing. In 2 uh, Timothy 2.15 it says, Study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, Rightly dividing the word of truth. The only way we will discover these principles in this life the Lord desires of us is by opening the word of God. If we want to know him the way that he desires for us to know him, we have got to get into the word of God. I don't know about you. I am so guilty of not really getting into the word like I know he wants me to. But um, I just went to a 50th 
wedding anniversary celebration for my cousin, and I loved hearing their story. I'd never heard it before, but he wrote to her as a pen pal. He had seen her through the, uh, I believe it was the Pentecostal Herald or something, but this has been so many years ago, but they wrote letters back and forth for two years before they ever met. And I thought it was so wild to find out the first time they met was right here in Kennett, Missouri. And neither one of them's from here. So I thought that was kind of neat. But they, they knew each other by writing each other. That's back before the, you know, cell phones and all of that. I thought that was pretty cool that they learned and knew each other just by writing. Well, God's word, he is the word. So how better is it for us to learn him and for, to get a relationship with him as, other than studying the Bible? It's the Bible is is not just i mean if you follow the word of god it doesn't it doesn't follow to a religion it's a relationship so we're going to start on the journey of the bible do you know how god communicated communicated before the bible the fascinating story of how we got the bible in its present form actually started thousands of years ago during the first 2500 years of man's history there was no written word God spoke through a few specific men, which we will study in future lessons. But he also used other ways of communication, such as nature, dreams, visions, angels, and symbols. He communicated in many ways, but the main way he spoke before the introduction of the Bible was through man's conscience. The first person to ever see a written covenant of God was Moses. On Mount Sinai, the Lord inscribed a portion of the law on tablets of stone with his finger. Then Moses was told to put the tablets of stone inside a holy, sacred place called the Ark of the Covenant. In time, the scribes of Israel very carefully began to write on leather, clay tablets, wood, and other things. Eventually, paper was used. Enforced reading of the word was a strong way of preserving the law as well. Every Israelite was required to hear someone read all of God's written laws every seven years. When I was younger, I nannied an Orthodox Jewish family. And I was able to attend the synagogue with them more than once. And it was, uh, it, it was very powerful to sit in that synagogue and listen to the rabbi, or um, I can't think of the name of his helper, read out the word of God and how they would do that. And that's, I pictured that as, the, as they did back in, in the early Bible times. Through a lifetime, a Jew would have heard the word read about 10 or 12 times. This continual reading of the Bible put God's word as a priority in their lives. Then the Jewish scribes fulfilled an order to copy and preserve the scriptures. They came up with a plan to make sure that every letter was copied exactly. The original Hebrew scriptures were copied and translated for many generations. In the 1450s, the first Bible was printed. The accuracy of the printing press and lower cost for books has placed the word of God in many people's hands. The King James Version was published in 1611. This is just a history of our Bible. I'm just wanting to share with you all. Other translations are available in English and other languages, and it was a long road from the first day God spoke to Adam until today. All right. Facts about this amazing book. Um, 2 Peter 1, 20 and 21. Sister Star, could you get that up there? Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, 
But holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. I think that's incredible to, to refer the Holy Ghost back. How Oneness, hello. But the amazing fact in that is that the Bible, there were at least 32 writers covering 3,600 years of man's history. But it was all God-inspired. These books were written in different ages, different countries, and by different men. Yet when their writings became one book, there's not even one contradiction. Not one. The most intellectual men could not pull off the feats of knowledge contained in the Bible without the inspiration of God. The words, thus saith the Lord, appear over 300 times. The Bible is either God's word to man or it's not. There's no middle ground. The bottom line is the Bible is God-inspired. And if you're trying to teach somebody a Bible study, the first thing you have to get settled is do they believe the word of God? Because you can teach all you want, but if they do not believe the word of God is what it is and that it was inspired by God. I was reading statistics, and I wish I had them right now. It was shocking to know, and I just read this just a few weeks ago before I was going to even do this, of how many people in our times do not believe the Bible was written from God. And I think it would shock us to know even church-going people who just believe that it was just men that, you know, written, they wrote what they did, but they don't literally believe that it was the word of God. That's disheartening to me, but we more than ever need to know that the word of God is forever settled. It will never change. It will never pass away. And it is the answer to everything that we face, the word of God. It's the most popular book ever written. The Bible is the best gift God ever gave to man. The American Bible Society has distributed over 860 million Bibles since 1816. The Bible in its completeness is now available in over 230 languages, more than there are nations on the earth. It has been published in more languages, more copies have been produced, and more people have read it than any other book in history. Matthew 2435, Sister Star. Thank you for being so instant. Matthew 24, 35. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. Only half of 1% of all books published survive seven years. 80% of all books published are forgotten in one year. The Bible is over 2,000 years old and is today's bestseller. It doesn't matter how old it is or how many people criticize it. His word will never pass away and it will never change. If you open up the table of contents in your Bible, it's one big book, but it's compiled of different ones. I remember being little hearing, let us sing the book of Moses of Moses. Did anybody learn the books of the Bible like that? Anybody? Is that, I mean, okay, y'all, I got an invitation for my 35th high school graduation this year. I know I'm older, but come on. How many knows these songs? Anybody? Okay. That flew over like a lead balloon. All right. But it's divided into two testaments, the old and the new. God's agreement with man about salvation before he came in the flesh as Jesus Christ is called the Old Testament. God's agreement with man about salvation after Christ came is called the New Testaments. There's 66 Bible 
books, 39 in the Old and 27 in the New Testament. Each testament is divided into sections. The Old Testament begins with the law. This includes the first five books of the Bible written by Moses. There's Genesis and Exodus. Okay. (laughs) All right. These books have the story of creation, the flood, and how the Jewish people began. The next 12 books are the history of Jewish people. Then there are five poetry books. Next, there are major prophets and minor prophets. Minor does not mean they are any less important. It just means they are shorter books. The first four books of the New Testament are the Gospels, which happens to be probably pastor's favorite books, or the life of Christ. These are the records of when Jesus walked on earth, taught his apostles, died on the cross, rose again, and many other details. Acts, the next book, is the actions of the apostles after Christ ascended. Romans through Jude were letters to the churches and writings of the apostles. Revelation, the last book, is prophecy of the end time. How many is familiar, or is that kind of new to learn to hear all of that? Or is there a certain part of the Bible that you feel like you're more familiar with? I, I love the Bible. I think I'm drawn to like the Psalms and and Proverbs, and then I love Ephesians, and and that I think we all might have our favorite kind of a place to go to when we want to sit down and just read. Is the Bible true? This is what we have to establish, and I already can tell you I believe it is. What kind of evidence do you need, and how much evidence do you need? If you had the evidence, would you believe? There are many proofs within the Bible that show it is a divine book, but how can, we, how can we really know that it is true? Because God is the creator of the universe. Everything the Bible says about science is true. But let's look at a few scriptures. Isaiah 40, 22. Isaiah 40, 22. Isaiah 40:22 Sorry sister star We've got time It is he that sitteth upon the circle of the earth and the inhabitants thereof are as grasshoppers that stretcheth out the heavens as a curtain and spreadeth them out as a tent to dwell in During the 1400s people of learning believed that the world was flat it was about 2100 years after the Bible was written that mankind learned the earth was round. Most of us learned in elementary school that Christopher Columbus sailed into the sea to discover the earth was round. It is believed that part of his justification to Queen Isabella was Isaiah 40:22 which had been written many years before. Is that not amazing? The Bible was 2000 years ahead of science. Rebecca, would you read out loud Jeremiah 33 22 Jeremiah 33:22 Learned men believe there were a certain number of stars in the sky that could be counted. It was not until the 1600s that they found out by using a telescope that that was impossible. Yet Jeremiah had it written many years before that host of heaven, which is the stars, cannot be numbered. How can you argue that the Bible was written by inspiration of the Holy Ghost? 
At one time, the scientists were convinced that the earth rested upon something. But Job 26.7 discusses the fact that the earth has an invisible support. This was not accepted as a scientific fact until 1687, 3,000 years after Job stated it. Even in today, how can we question the word of God when it was written so many years ago in time prophecies? I, I just don't understand even if you've never heard these, if you were never raised in church, but you read Revelation and you see these prophecies coming to fulfillment and know that it was written thousands of years ago, how could we question the word of God? It makes me excited when I realize we know we have truth. Leviticus 17.11. Sister Star, sorry. Leviticus 17.11. For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that maketh an atonement for the soul. Had only the doctors of the past known this, many lives, perhaps even that of George Washington, would have been spared to death caused by the practice of bleeding. George Washington died because he had a common cold. The doctors believed they could cure him by removing his blood from his body. We know today and in the Bible had it written many years ago that the blood is needed to sustain life. There's historical evidence that the Bible is true. How many likes to study history? My, my hands stand down. A lot of people love to study history. Many cities mentioned in the Bible have been located and identified. The flood had been verified in every known civilization. The historical accounts in the Bible have been used by archaeologists, geologists, and others to find valuable artifacts, minerals, and wealth. There's evidence in the Dead Sea Scrolls. The Dead Sea Scrolls are a set of scrolls found by a few shepherd boys near the Dead Sea between the years of 1947 and 1956. Anybody born between those years, 47 to 56? Mm-hmm. The scrolls were more than 1,900 years old. They provide remarkable proof that late copies and translations were identical to the scriptures Christ read while on the earth. Due to this discovery, we have fragments and some complete text of every Old Testament book except Esther, all dating from the time of Christ. Is anybody interested in archaeology? My hand's really down on that one. I'm seeing people raise their hands, though. The confirmation of archaeology to the truthfulness of the Bible is one of the most amazing developments of modern times. There are thousands of archaeological finds that support the validity of the Bible. Entire Old Testament nations have been found and identified. The identities of major Bible characters such as Abraham have been uncovered through archaeology. In 1922, Ur of the Chaldees was discovered. Genesis 11 says this was the birthplace of Abraham. Confirming evidence has been found for the creation and fall of man, the flood, and the Tower of Babel. Not one archaeological, how do you say that, archaeological find has ever disproved the Bible. It's only brought further proof that the Bible is the word of God. There's prophetic evidence because man cannot see the future by himself. Prophecy is a very reasonable gauge of supernatural inspiration. 
Predicting the future is something that many men have desired since the beginning of time. Concerning prophecy, the Bible is supreme to any other book. A person could search in vain through pages of other sacred writings and not find even one single line of accurate prophecy. However, one-third of the entire Bible deals with prophecy. Our Bible has over 6,000 prophecies, and many of those have already happened exactly as they were given. During the lifetime of Jesus, hundreds of prophecies were fulfilled. 500 years before the birth of Jesus Christ, Old Testament writers predicted the time of his birth. When I think about that, and that he would be born of a virgin. That was stated in Isaiah 7.14 in Bethlehem in Micah 5.2. But we don't read about it until Matthew, Luke. How awesome is that? All those years spanned and that prophecy came to f- into fulfillment. Isaiah said he would be cast off by men and brutally crucified. There are many prophecies related to the betrayal, trial, death, suffering and burial of Christ and were fulfilled in one day's time. Christ predicted there would be wars. He talked about famines and earthquakes. He cautioned that there would be political turmoil. He warned that in the last days there would be an increase in deception, false Christ and witchcraft. Sickening immorality and rebellion was predicted. And it's also predicted that there will be a beast, the Antichrist, would one day dominate the world as we know it and require every person to take the mark of the beast to buy or sell. Rebecca, could you read Isaiah 31, 5, please? Okay, I think, Sister Star, well, you, you got that up there. Look at this. As birds flying, so will the Lord of hosts defend Jerusalem. Defending also, he will deliver it, and passing over, he will preserve it. Isaiah predicted that airplanes would be used to defend Israel thousands of years before the invention of an airplane. We have just touched the surface of all the scriptures that show the Bible is true. We could spend many, many hours studying and researching them. If there's ever a doubt in your mind that the Bible is true, I hope just the little bit that I stated shows you that it is very true. And it's not just something that we can read. And I mean, we can just read it, but we have a way to make the Bible alive inside of us. One of my husband's favorite scriptures that he quotes is John 1 and 1. Would you quote it? God is the word. And how exciting. We have a way that we can put the word inside of us. Acts 1711, Sister Star. Acts 1711. These were noble. These were more noble than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily, whether these things were so. Reading the Bible cannot just be a Sunday ritual, and it definitely can't just be coming to church on Sunday and hear what the 
preacher is using for his message. We need to read the word every day, hiding it in our heart. We already said 2 Timothy 2.15, study to show yourself approved. We have to read it. It's not just a ritual. We have to study it. They make some really cool tools for you to study your Bible with. I, I've seen several things online. Sister Amber actually had given Emma something for her graduation that was really cool, a way to study the Bible. You get to write and, and study. And if Trina was in here, I've told so many people, I've even told you all how Trina, the word came alive to her. And she would explain and say things to me that made me so happy and excited. It made me want to dig into the word like Trina does. Psalm 119.2. Psalm 119.2. I love Psalm 119. That whole long chapter. I love it. Psalm 119.2. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies and that seek him with their whole heart. We have to open our heart to it. We have to be willing to, to receive what the Bible says to us. It doesn't always say great things that make us feel good, but it, it, it's sharp, and it's two-edged, and it, and it helps us, and it cuts away things that we don't need in our life. We have to be ready to open our heart for anything that the Bible is saying to us. In 119, 15, and 48, we have to think about it and reflect on it. We have to meditate on it. Once we have heard the word of God and have hidden it in our hearts and have meditated on it, we have to begin actually doing the things the Bible tells us to do. And why is the word of God so important? There are scriptures written on your page, typed on your page. For sake of time, I'm not going to be able to go through all of them. That's going to be your homework, but I'm just going to briefly go over. If you read Matthew 4 and 4, we need it for everyday life. It's impossible to live a Christian life with bread alone. If you read Romans 10, 17, the word of God is important because it gives us faith. If you read 119, Psalm 119, 11, God hates sin. Most of the time, people don't even realize they are sinning. The Bible allows us to recognize it and therefore helps us to make the decision not to sin. If you read Psalm 119, 98, 99, it gives us wisdom and understanding. It guides our steps. The Bible will lead us and help us make it from day to day. It lets us know we've sinned and we need a Savior. And it shows us God's love for the world. It tells us God's plan for saving the world. So what's next? Taking a step back, why should we even care to read the Bible? What if I don't want to have faith? Who cares if he guides my steps? What if I don't want to get rid of the sin in my life? What happens next in the overall timeline of life may be of interest to you. And you'll have to realize if you don't already, and I trust that you all do, we do want this. We do want to read the Bible. We do want faith. We do want him to guide our steps. We do definitely want to get rid of sin in our life. If you read Second Peter 3.10, the Lord is coming back soon. The Bible says that he will come as a thief in the night and there will be lots of destruction on earth. More than 2,000 years ago, the prophet Joel and Peter prophesied it. If you read Acts 2, 16 through 21, God is pouring out his spirit on all flesh now. He is giving us an opportunity to study his word and find out that we need to escape 
eternal destruction. There's a scripture that says in all temptations, God makes a way of escape. And he, right now, he's still tarrying. So we all have time to read the scriptures, get it hidden in our heart, get ready because he is coming back. He has awesome things in store for the people that choose him. We must study and search the scriptures for in them through Jesus Christ, we will have life more abundantly. The Bible is a miracle and it's one of the greatest possessions we could ever hold in our hand. Well, I wanted to show you one video. Oh, Sister Star, sorry. It's the very last thing I want to show you. I was up at 6.30 this morning, and I remembered I'd seen this a long, long time ago. So I sent it to Brother, Brother Johnson at 6.30 this morning and asked him if he could get it in there. I'm sorry, Sister Star. But this blesses me, and I hope it blesses you. And it- That pricks my heart. That's the first time they ever received an actual Bible. And to see them weep, kiss it, and how fortunate I am that I can even just pull it up on this. And I don't want to take it for granted, Sister Sandy. I have so many, many times. I want a love for the Word of God to come into my heart, just like I witnessed on that. I hope you all were blessed by this Bible study today. Thank you, Lord, for your Word. Thank you, Sister Shea, for reminding us 